ATT Podcast, episode number 71. We're back to recap week two. Let's fucking go. I'm amped up. Amped the fuck up. A lot of talking points. A lot of talking points. I think we should start with our two teams, and then we'll roast the little clubs that couldn't get business done. (laughs) A lot of roasting to be done, Brian. A lot of of cooking. A lot of cooking. I have the stove on right now. (laughs) <laughs> go ahead get us going let's start with man city first home game of the year one nothing win over newcastle i was hyped for the game honestly it was very underwhelming newcastle came to get a point they got nothing very very disappointing from newcastle we mentioned it if there's any time to pounce on city it's now with the road <laughs> game super cup all the traveling and the fact that it's the beginning of the season city are slow starters they did absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. Um, credit to City. They drowned out the game. They have a capability of doing that. But I just thought Newcastle's whole whole game plan was 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 whack. Really, really whack. I think you got to yeah. go at City in that in that point. Maybe if it's in another point of the season at the Etihad, you 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 do that plan. But I mean, as a City fan, you got to admit that was a good spot for them to come and try to do their thing and and take take home the three. So, yeah, it's really, oh, wait, I'm sorry. We're back to our winning fucking ways, baby. The shades are back on. Let's fucking go. Brian, we talked about it last week on this pod. The butt tight cheek moment. The absolute tight moment. And every season, Everyone starts a mountain to climb. Everyone has the same journey. And everyone goes through tight cheek moments. And when you prevail in those tight cheek moments, go through the course of the history of the league, of any league, you will see that the person who ends up on top, the club that ends up at top, has more of those prevailing tight cheek moments or mitigates those tight cheek moments by getting good, solid draws. I think I can think to Arsenal getting a couple last year that I was told it was a solid draw, even though they had a good uh, 3-1 advantage, I think, and it ended up going 3-3 to Liverpool draw, and you come out of it, and you're like, well, you know, that's a good draw. And I'm thinking, is it? So you can play that game back and forth, but in this situation, early in the season, 100%. Hard to disagree with what you said last week. This was a great opportunity for Newcastle to try to come in, play their game, and go at us. And when you think about it, away from the moment, we're asking them to do something that Bayern Munich couldn't do. We're asking them to do something that Real Madrid haven't been able to do. And I don't disagree. We should be a little bit, which it's funny, too, because I love these boring games. I absolutely loved it. It, I was laughing every bit of the defensive stability, the passing the movement of just keeping the game controlled. I really do think that Isaac and all of them were just frustrated, just flustered with not being able to kind of get anything going. And I mean, the one-time shot by Julian, beautiful Phil Foden, an absolute Phil Foden's time is coming, man. It is coming. It is the season for him. I am absolutely amped about what I saw from him. You know, the question that I think if if we want to be critical about Newcastle right now, I think we got to be asking ourselves, is this a is this too much for Eddie Howe? Is this a 
Graham Already? Potter, Graham Potter too early situation. I yeah, do. Graham, Graham Potter flopped. Eddie Howe got top four Champions League overachieved big time. And it's it's just a Can't little compare. bit. Can't no. compare Potter though. What what I agree. So what I'm saying is it's just a little bit more delayed because of the expectations at the club and respect. Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea, okay. And in Newcastle situation, you're absolutely right. There's no reason why this summer you really kind of look at that and say there's a question. But you were kind of suspect on this team going into it. You thought that they bit overachieved a little bit coming into the year. And I yeah. think that there was a good argument for that. A lot of draws, a lot they of negative. A lot of negative roster. Draws. It wasn't mm-hmm. a top four roster. And yet they found a way to continue to be a serious contender, I think. I mm-hmm. think they're a ser- I think they're a serious contender. And when I say that, contender I mean for what? Top four. Okay, that's top not a contender. Four. That's just a, a <laughs> the Champions League place. Top four for me. With the right circumstances at any during the season, I think they can potentially find themselves thinking that they can do it. it do what? That's it. I think if you're, you're Newcastle, very vague, just say it. Do what? Win a title? Really? I'm not going to say it. It's it's look. It's the second week. It's the second week. Yeah, but, but you're I the think, one that threw out that Eddie Howe maybe is under the gun, which I think is unfair. He did a great I, job last year. He did. hated some of his tactics, right? Didn't I didn't like what he did Saturday, but well, he's got no adjustment game. He's got no, no adjustment game. No, he doesn't like none. <clears throat> but that, let's that, see that, how he does in the Champions League. I mean, that oh. that's where I think will will be their downfall, right? I think I think while they do have better depth this year, I still think they're weak in some places. Um, the midfield depth, it, it's really. Good starting, good starters. After that, I don't really believe in it. Let's see. Callum Wilson gets hurt a lot. Isak had some knocks last year. Let's see if this roster can hold up. I mean, I think that's where their downfall is going to be. But listen, managers can improve. Eddie Howe, you don't think of him as a big game, big name, but why can't he be be that manager that in a year when they when they keep adding and adding and adding leads them to a title? I mean, you're not going to think that, but there's been p- plenty of managers who've improved plenty of managers who came out of nowhere and won a title. We can't just be like, he's never won a title, so he can't do it. You know what I mean? No, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I am. I, I guess what I'm projecting is in the next few months, when we see it in champions league, I don't think he's going to be able to get the type of victory that are needed for a club that is trying to compete for top four that are contending well, for Europe every year. That, that, yeah. If if what we say truthfully, if what we say truthfully about the of about the Premier League, there should be no reason why the fourth best team in the Premier League can make it to the knockout stage. And I wholeheartedly mean they're, that. They're in pot four. Pot four is gonna be rough. They're gonna get a rough group, most likely. Yeah, and I'm, it's all I'm about really the draws, excited. Champions League. It really is. Which, and that's next week, which I'm excited yep. for. Yeah. But I'm looking at this lineup, Brian. I'm looking at this roster. I mean, personally, I rate Lewis Hall coming in. I think that's a quality quality signing. The reason why I say that, I can point to a certain game and I can even send you highlights later. He played well against us in the Carabao Cup a year ago. 
He was very, very good. One of the few highlights to that team. So I rate, I rate him. I obviously rate Harvey Barnes. Um, you know, I'm a little bit limited on the Livermento signing. Um, long staff's been solid for him coming off the bench. Look, Tanali, the th- it's a really, really difficult game. But in my opinion, in moments like this, you see a managerial imprint. You see a moment to where they're trying to do something. And there's either one of two ways. I happen to think it's a little bit of both, but I, I, like it's, there's gray area. And the two things are this. Eddie Howe's un, inability to, to, to respond and come with something different in the second half, but Pep and the absolute just the pure dominance, the, 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 the tactical, the working with what we have. It's really crazy how he focuses a, the, the side of a ball, the, the ball on one side, and then gets Kyle Walker to run up the flank like 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 a right wing. Um, just the, the connections, the 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 movement so early on right now for me, I'm just absolutely, I, I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. I was prepared to walk away from this from a draw and question anyone to say we still can't do it, which. Obviously, nobody would in their right mind would say some shit like that. But to win this game the way we did with them putting up five in the first week against a pretty solid Villa squad. I'm just yeah, I'm 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 head over heels right now with what we're doing. I'm loving it. And uh, yeah, we move big time for me. Big time. Yeah, it was a good win. Back to Eddie Howe. I think I think he's going to be very pragmatic in his tactics. We thought Ten Hag was going to be like that going to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this weekend. He wasn't. He paid for it. So, but I think I think at some point you got to say, "Hey, we're Newcastle. We finished top four last year. We added some strength this year, and this is a great point to just play our game at the Etihad because they played three games this week, two are away, three games in eight days, basically. Yeah, perfect time. That that high press." The, the nonstop pressing, the pressure, the, the the through balls they were doing against Aston Villa, obviously there's a leap in competition. But you got to you gotta at some point have some confidence in yourself. And I think that was such a good spot to go in there. And it makes me, makes me fear for how Newcastle is going to play in the Champions League as well. I think they're going to play ugly. I think, I think that was a little hint on how they're going to play in the Champions League. Eddie Howe is going to pace this season. He probably knows he doesn't have all the depth. I think they're going to be an ugly, ugly Champions League watch. You know, like Inter Milan was. They're yeah. going to try to just ground out results. Couldn't, couldn't stand watching Milan. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he, he does not care about time wasting. He does not care about playing good football. He's a results guy. Sometimes you get the result. Sometimes you don't. They didn't get it this weekend. Um, from the city side, Foden was amazing. Great game from him. Um, defensively, you know, you just have a lot of good personnel back there. You're essentially playing five center backs most of the time. Rodri's a center back as DM. Um, Ake, Akanji. Ake didn't, Ake didn't start, though, right? But no, anyway, Gavardiol, Diaz. I mean, it's all center backs back there. It's another yeah. way Pep has changed the game. I'm sure people will start copying that, too. <laughs> but um, impressive win. Those are the wins that you just sometimes just have to drown out a game. 
make the opponent feel like no matter what they do, they're not getting a point. And that's what City did. Yeah, I, I I can't speak enough to while having a 6.9 rating in the game. I think he had some aired passes. Jascal Gavardio is looking right, right at home for me. I'm seeing all the right signs. I can't wait to see um, Jeremy Doku and the squad. Oh, my gosh. I am amped about this signing. A guy that I've had to look at a little bit closer, seeing kind of the different dynamics and the attributes that are he's going to potentially bring to this city squad. And I think if you look at how we attacked Newcastle um, with Kyle Walker and kind of ball dominating and overloading the left side and then really kind of looking for that far ball with Josh Calcavardio being able to feed that ball perfectly, it fits amazing for that Jeremy Doku to come in from the right and even do things from the left. Um, I really, he's, he's an interesting, interesting young player that a lot of people highly rate and talk about or are, are kind of hyping up right now because of the signing. But yeah, the the the, the attributes tell me it's going to be a hellacious pickup. And if you watch the game from a tactical standpoint, you really understand where there can be huge benefits for us because something I've cried about since day one on this podcast, man. And that's, I mean, I've always wanted speedy, speedy wingers, FC to be back. Um, but it looks like we're going to go with speedy winger. And if that's the case, I'm I'm ready to get him implemented as soon as possible. Um, so yeah, the game definitely agree with you. That's what champions do: drown out a game, find a way, dominate the ball. Don't give them anything, you know. Get 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 the three points. That's all that matters. I don't give a hulu fuck about winning seven nothing or how good or how boring it is. Uh, quite frankly, I found it boring slapping everyone in those previous years when we had Speedy Wingers FC. The the likes of Sané, Sterling, and Aguero would fucking mop. I loved it. Trust me. Byline touches, balls directly in, tap-ins. Looked lovely. Kevin backing it up, sweeping. David Silva doing his thing. It was incredible. I loved it. Trust me. But now in the era in which we're doing things, um, we give teams few and far between opportunities. We're going to suffocate you. We're going to be ball dominant. We're going to force you to come out and press us. And we're so comfortable with the ball in so many different ways that we can stick players like a kanji from center back into the fucking seat in the, the midfield, which for the record, I want to state, I am not fucking comfortable with God. I I am not comfortable with it. I, I don't mean, think he's comfortable with it. He doesn't look very comfortable in that role yet. Well, yes, yes. And, and to his credit, I thought he played the role in, from a mentality standpoint, cognitively, he did it quite well in regards to positioning, awareness, and what he, where he needed to be. Now, it's the ability to keep that ball, motherfucker. He lost it plenty of times. I happen to do a spreadsheet, um, youtube.com slash Premier Pep Talk. There is your plug-in. We are doing videos. We are doing cool, cool shit. I put up a video the other night. Um, where I talked about the squad depth and I pulled up a spreadsheet, uh, we are looking quite thin. And the fact that that we were able to kind of get this again under the circumstances, I mean, Brian, to get a kanji, Nathan Ake wasn't right. You know, Rico Lewis would have been a tough signing but, or a uh, starter, but we, we would have done it. Sergio Gomez is non-existent. I mean, this team in midfield in particular, I mean, and 
any city hater wanted to go out there, it's time you guys two weeks in can start asking them about that Calvin Phillips conversation because, I mean, time after time, we are giving clear instances in which our manager, the greatest manager in the world, who's having to have the back surgery and is out for the two weeks remainder until the international friendly solely because of the fact that he's carrying the weight of being the best manager in the fucking world. He does not trust Calvin fucking Phillips for the life of him. He does not trust this man. And it is Were you even playing the Carabao Cup at this point? He, I Look, I think at that point it would be quite disrespectful. So, And he did it last year. So it's not to say that he won't, right? I, I feel confident it's not a demeaning level. But, I mean, it's hard to fight this urgency. And it's mainly because of the where we are, man. You said it perfectly. That's Arsenal. They're feasting. That's Liverpool. They're going at us. They really want that. That's Brighton. I think they try to take an opportunity and play their game because it's Deserby and he's got fucking balls. But a, a lot of other people, and I don't blame Newcastle for it because we're asking them to do other things that European giants have done, haven't done. But I'm just looking at this roster, dude, and I can't help but just be like, that's a fucking that's a that's a remarkable win. That's a big time win for me. Fuck the treble. Yeah, we did it. Uh, update number 22nd time on uh, 22 that we've done it. But yeah, it's it's that was that was the moment for somebody to snag us 100%. Yeah, it was. It was. But good win. I think you got a point. I think I picked Newcastle. Yep. Goal scorers, no goal scorers for either of us, right? Or did you pick Foden? Or or, or did you pick Alvarez, sorry? I, I picked Grealish, but uh That's right. yeah, clearly wrong. Yeah, Alvarez, what a fucking amazing wonder shot. Yeah, yeah, great shot for sure. But yeah, on to uh on to Arsenal now. Monday night football, gotta wait after the long weekend of play, bantering other teams, wondering if we're gonna handle business so I don't get a little bit of karma smack in the face. <laughs> but we took care of it. I I predicted a 2-0. I didn't think it was going to be a pretty 2-0. It's never pretty at Selhurst Park. Never, ever. Tough place to go for everybody. So I thought ugly 2-0, and we were probably on our way to get that 2-0 win. Should until, have been. Yeah, I think we were going to definitely get a 2-0. I was looking mm-hmm. forward to it. And then mm-hmm. whistle blows. Second yellow card for Tommy Asu. Absolutely ridiculous. Fifth red card of the weekend. Don't want to sound like I'm just complaining about Arsenal, but tell them why you got the first yellow card. First yellow card was for time wasting, which was deserved. I I did not like what we were doing with the time wasting. We definitely were, but it probably shouldn't have been Tommy Asu that got booked. He had the ball for, I think, eight seconds and then got booked. It It was was probably Havertz. No, it was Havertz. Yes, it was Havertz. It was Havertz. You're right. You're it right. Was it was Havertz, Havertz. who was, who was yeah. dicking around. Um, and he should have probably got booked. Instead, Tommy Asu does. So, wrong booking there, but whatever. Which he got booked later in the game as well, too, by the way. Havertz did get booked later in the game. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, second yellow. Um, ridiculous second yellow. IU falls to the ground. Second yellow comes out, and we got to defend for uh, for 30 minutes, pretty much. And we did yeah, we did well in defending, very well defending. I was never really nervous about it. I thought we defended well the whole game, and even when we went down to ten men, we set up really resolute. Declan Rice, amazing, really really see why he cost that money. He was great yesterday. 
and you're seeing his on the ball skills show off a little bit more to see that in the second game of the Premier League season is very, very encouraging. I expect to see really, really great stuff, world-class stuff at the end of the season because he's got it all. And what I like about him is his attitude. You would think this guy's been uh, Arsenal Academy player. He understands the the moment. He understands his role. He understands being a leader. Definitely will be our future captain. He was even bossing uh, Odegaard around at points. I just – I like as, – as much as I like him as a player, I think I like him more as a person and the intangibles he brings, which I said would be why is why I thought he was better signing than Caicedo. He just understands. He gets it. He's definitely Concedo. a future England. Yeah, Concedo. So it was an ugly game. Um, we're not playing the best, most attractive football right now, but six points on the board out of possible mm-hmm. six. Only City and Brighton have done that. So we move. Fulham this weekend, I'm expecting to see that pretty football this weekend, us to kick in the gear. We're at home. Fulham do not look good. They're going to struggle this year. So I expect to see that pretty football this weekend. Um, Odegaard takes the penalty. Very, very nice penalty. I guess Sack is off penalties now. I don't know, but I agree with it. I think Odegaard is a very, very good penalty taker. It was an ice-cold penalty, and we get the one nothing win. Saliba, great as always. Insane tackle on IU. Makes a mistake. Did you see that tackle? I did. I did. Incredible, Incredible tackle. Incredible tackle. Yeah, great, great tackle. At first, I thought something. Yeah, yeah. It looked, like, it looked like a penalty, but then you watch the replay, team. and he got he was clean as day, clean as hell. Yeah. So, yeah, it Absolutely. was a good game. Um, we'll see what happens. We should see Zin- Zinchenko starting, especially with the Tommy Asu red card. So, mm-hmm. I wonder if he's going to do this parte right back thing. I don't see how it will work with Zinchenko and Partey. Um, so I suspect Gabriel will be starting for our for our fantasy team's sake. I hope he will be starting as well. Yeah, we need that. Because Arteta is really fucking us. I need that. We need that. What were your thoughts on the game? Look, man, I got questions. I got questions, and I need answers. First off, I want to make sure we're clear on this. To any fucking nincompoop that wants to argue that this is a questionable win or start being complaining about the circumstances, you go down a man and win the game, you better have yourself a fucking beer and celebrate and put a smile on your face. Period, bar none, end of conversation. I think back to Fulham last year. Didn't even want to talk about that. Uh, Jao Cancelo last year against Fulham. Red, still get the fucking win. Must have situations, must have, again, testament to those tight cheek moments all throughout the season. Who prevails? Who gets a point out of those? Those are must needed in that journey. Absolute great opportunity for Arsenal. Did you ever feel throughout this game, though, that Crystal Palace were going to be able to kind of get one? I thought at times that they were building a few. They just didn't have any sort of connectivity in the no in cutting the edge no cutting edge uh rice yeah. just suffocated that middle as they couldn't mm-hmm. get anything going in the middle and mm-hmm. they had to kind of work on the wing and they didn't really have anybody in the middle when he crossed the ball in um and we dealt with the cross as well so yeah i never really uh, usually one nothing you go down to 10 men you're really nervy um mm-hmm. i wasn't at all from what i was seeing we were going to see the game out um yeah i wasn't nervy at all um, what do you what do you think of um, Rice's performance? 
Man, the guy was incredible. I thought, you know, he he did defensively everything that you anticipate him to do. The the going into the season question about his productivity in the final third and play around the box, it's there. It's there. It's always been there. Uh, to your point, grade A professional, class person, everything that you see about him um, tells tells you he's a great character signing, you know, a foundation to your future team, to your team for, for, for years to come, hopefully, uh, you know, stay healthy. And he's got a, he's got a great career in front of him. And honestly, it's hard to root against the guy, root against a guy like that. You know, he's just got some charisma to him. It's how I see a guy like Erling Holland. Like if like this attitude towards him about, you know, being flaky or not showing up, but like, if you just like look at him as a person and see all the things that he does on social and, and, and same with Jack Grealish too, it's like, it's hard to go against these types of characters, these types of people. Um, even if they like to go ahead and, and, you know, get on, get on with it, you know, on the nightclub scene, but Declan's incredible. Uh, I thought <laughs> I need answers on this Miguel Arteta situation with right back, bro. I need an understanding on what the fuck Thomas Partey was doing. That yeah. did not look comfortable. I thought he was good yesterday. The first game, he wasn't comfortable. But yeah, I don't really like it. I think it's, I'm hoping that he's just experimenting. Our first three games are, you know, not the toughest. I'm hoping he's just experimenting with Zinchenko being out. And we'll really find that out on Saturday because yeah. with Zinchenko's definitely coming back in. He got. Had a nice, very nice cameo. I think two of the it's unsung heroes were Zinchenko and Jorginho at the end. They came in and very, very much controlled the ball, which we were having problems doing. So that's why you sign guys like that. You know, I wasn't happy with the Jorginho signing, but if he's going to be used, but last year I knew we were going to need him in the season and I knew he was going to have to be a starter at some points and he was. And I wasn't happy with that, but to use him and his experience in kind of a third DM role, which he would be, um, yeah. I think he's going to be very useful this season. Very, very useful. And you saw his maturity and his leadership, him and Zenchenko. And we really saw that game out. I was very happy with their performances, even though it was 10 minutes. But those those are the those are the key those are the key moments in the game. So right. but yeah, the right back thing, I think it ends soon. I think we're just we weren't flexible at all last year. We had one way to play and one way only. And we saw at the end of the season that balls to the wall, that those last 10 games, it doesn't really work all the time. Teams are yep. fighting for their life. They're scrapping to stay in the league, fighting for European places. So they're always, always tough. And you have to be resolute. You have to see out games, which we were just up to nothing. All right, let's keep attacking, leaving ourselves vulnerable in, in defense. So I think – He's trying to be more flexible. Mikel, on the record, saying he had a hard look in the mirror this offseason. He realized he needs to do things better as well. Said he almost wanted to quit at one point because of, of the failure of not winning the league. So I think this is what he's doing. He's he's realizing he's a little rigid with his tactics, a little stubborn. So that's that to me, that's a good thing. But I, I want to see Zinchenko back at left back, Partey in the middle, I want to see Rice in the eight, and then, yeah, maybe we see Havertz at striker this weekend. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. And we're definitely going to see a lot of different things. It's it's almost like we're starting over in a way because we have new players in. We're playing different type of ways. So mm -hmm. um, as long as we keep winning, I expect the, 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 the ball to get better. We do have a lot of players in. 
Timbers in the first game in the Community Shield. Then he gets hurt. So there's been a lot of changes. I expect things to start clicking soon. I think after we got Fulham, we got Manchester United, and then we have an international break. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. after that international break is when the, the, the ball starts clicking. I'm hoping this weekend, but I'm hoping we get a consistent performance, performance, performance after that international break. Yeah, I mean, honestly, let's keep it a buck, bro. October's where it's at for both of us. I mean, it's got to be in April and May for us this year. That's where we collapsed last year. Yeah, but if you're Arsenal, I'm I mean, just we, saying. We can't it. sleep at all. Yeah, we can't sleep at all. But what what are you looking at our October schedule? I'm I'm looking at City. I want City oh, in that okay. first half yeah, of the yeah, year. That's right. It, it's time. It's time. October if I'm 8. an Arsenal fan, yeah, October October's the month. We have you lot. We have uh, uh, United. Uh, and then I think we have. When do you play United? Um, yeah, I'm just going to pull it up on personal schedule because I had it up already. But um, the schedule October for us is pretty, pretty tight. We're going to find out what we're made of early on. Um, and you'll have Champions League group stage in there as well. So don't forget that. Yeah. As of right now, for October, the schedule is... Arsenal the 8th, Brighton on the 21st, United on the 29th. Yeah, it looks like we have another international break in there because it's the 14th. Nobody's, we're not playing. Yep. So, yeah. Um, yep. That's probably international break. Yeah, September. So, September is nothing for us. Fulham, West Ham, Forest, Wolves take yeah, care of business. You guys have an easy schedule coming up. Um, yeah. We have our next two games at home Fulham. Manchester United struggling, Everton, which we always are terrible at Goodison, and then after Everton we have Tottenham, at, but it's at mm-hmm. home as well. So we we have some favorable games all the way up until the City game, but that game is, is also Tottenham right. Is Tottenham right before City? No, Bournemouth is, but there will be Champions League there. So navigating Champions League is going to be interesting for us. Definitely, definitely. That's the eighth time you brought it up. Yeah, no, I'm excited. The draws are next week. Should be. You should be. Very exciting. Very exciting. It'd be nice for, for Miguel to go at it. Go at it this year. Oh, he means will. trust me. I, I think I think we're kinda of playing at a slower pace because that's probably another reason too. We we yeah. kind of Try burned out now. at the end of last season. Try stuff now. We gotta be more flexible with our tactics. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely um so the draw is the thirty first. 31st, yeah, that's next, so Friday. That's next Friday. Okay. Yep. Is there a, is there a Friday game next week? Next week. Let's check. There is. What is it? I just had it up here. Hold on. Pretty sure it's a bad one. That is match day three, right? And match day three, we have yeah, I knew it. Chelsea and Luton Town. Friday no, that's this three. week. Oh, that's this week. Yeah. Okay. The next so week, next yeah. Friday, yeah, Luton, Luton yeah. Town. Their first yeah. home game. Mm, interesting. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do our podcast after that one. We'll predict. We'll do the pick before, and then um, do the podcast after, so we can go over the Champions League draws. Yes, sir. 
Tell no. me all about oh, how Thursday. you're going to eat Shakhtar. Thursday. We can do it Thursday. Is it Thursday night? Thursday is the, is the, the draws. So, yeah, that works okay. out. We'll just stick to our regular schedule. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. We'll, we'll do a Thursday nighter. Yep. Which is Perfect. the schedule. Yeah, you're right. All right. Let's move on. We uh, highlighted a couple games this weekend. Yours was one. Ours was one. Manchester United versus Tottenham was another one. Ooh. Did you watch this whole game? I think you did. We were texting. Um, sure did. 2-0 Tottenham Hotspur. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought the quality in the game was pretty poor. I honestly did. First half, man, you played pretty good for half of the half of the game but could not finish anything. Bruno had such a clear-cut header that he didn't even get close to the target. Um, Rashford had a header, didn't even get close. But yeah, the, the first half was the, the quality was very, very poor. Second half come out, Tottenham get a quick goal. Uh, Pepe Pepe Sar, who uh, young twenty year old midfielder gets a gets a deflection, pretty pretty poor, unlucky deflection for Man U. But the goal was coming for Tottenham, definitely coming. And the second goal, the butcher, <laughs> the only meat he was slicing was Andre Onana's oh, Andre Onana meat. <laughs> Because yeah, he kicks it right in the back of the net. That was uh, that was rough. That was rough, and it was an awful, awful second half. Very reminiscent of a typical Manchester United performance, where it just looks like they gave up. We've seen this multiple times from United. We've seen it under Ole, and we're seeing it under Ten Hag. It seems to be just something they do when things aren't going their way. And I thought it was poor. And I have a lot of questions after that awful Wolves performance at home where we saw Wolves get absolutely battered on the road this weekend to Brighton. And, um, yeah, a lot of questions. Ten Hag. I'm seeing United fans are starting to turn. It wasn't yeah. that long ago. He was he was, he was, was the next pep. He was going to be this next great coach. Now, all of a sudden, after two games, they're turning on him. Turning huh? on him. Um, I thought, I thought the, um, the tactics were poor. I think I told you they should have probably just did their defending. You knew Tottenham Hotspur Stadium was going to be was going to be live. New coach, first home game, first home game for anybody is always a tough. Fans are friends are ready to get in that stadium and start pushing their team to a win. So I was very confused by a lot of things happening. Yeah. That the I don't get the game plan. Can you can you help me understand what the game plan is for Ten Hag? Because the talent he's bringing in doesn't match what what he's trying to do. It really doesn't. He says he wants to be a dominant transition team. Okay. You don't have any ball carriers, really. Who's the ball carrier? Marcus Rashford, your forward? None of the midfielders are good at carrying the ball through the middle. None there's there's you have players that are good on the ball. You have wingers that it costs 88 million that are good at nothing. I mean, nothing. I don't understand what they're trying to do. I thought it was a prime prime opportunity to put Sancho at the false nine, which he did in preseason, and put Rashford in his best position on the left wing where he's going to be going against Pedro Porro, who can't fucking defend if 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 he tried. Right. What the hell was that was that this weekend for Manchester United? What was that? So my concern with a guy like Ten Hag right now is we're seeing a lot of inconsistencies and it just seems like he doesn't know. It just seems like he truly doesn't know. We we <laughs> The fans, everyone with eyes can see Marcus Rashford is not a striker. 
I, I am not going to make the crazy statement that he's doing shit like this on purpose to show that he needs something or, or, or any sort of shot at the club, but it is a problem when you consistently start Garnacho and he is doing nothing. It is a problem when you are starting Anthony and all you're doing is getting a lot. And I mean a whole fucking lot of absolutely fucking nothing. The problem that I really see more than anything is a whole complete misconception as to what the number seven shirt is doing for Manchester United right now. Because where this is holding them yeah. in twofold, this, this is hurting them really, really badly in twofold. Just to con- explain it to you in player person in personnel perspective for you a minute. He cannot Mason Mount cannot do the things defensively that Christian Eriksen can do. But he can also not do the things creativity wise that Jaden Sancho can do. And yet he is starting alongside Casemiro, in which I don't know if you've seen Casemiro lately. He looks like he's 74. My man yeah, he is, looks like he's aged 20 years in the offseason. He looks abysmal, Brian. He looks like he is just it's either Ten Hag tactically, you are allowing him to be alone in there and thinking he can be Godry, but you are way wrong. Or Mount and the rest of them are like, that's Casemiro, he's got it. Or and but he's also attacking. I'm seeing him making runs into the box, and I'm like, where did this old prick just come from? I don't know if it's I do do they you know the discipline thing too, right? Rashford got benched last year and didn't start a game because he was like a minute late or something like that. Like the following statement doesn't really make sense, but like do you have older guys that are just like, nah, we're not doing that shit? Like Casemiro and like Veron that are like <laughs> Look at this guy. We, you know, we won at Madrid. Fuck off. This guy can't, you know, tell us shit kind of thing. And I, I just I can't help but look at it, man, and just think this team don't fight. This team does not get, like really. No, they quit, they've quit multiple times. And it's the, just in the past year. Yeah. Brentford last year, Liverpool last year, Man City last year, even though they got some late goals. Um, Martial had a brace, but we've seen this time in and time That's out. Kirby, right? That's Derby. That like you know, it's that rivalry. Like fuck that other side type shit. Like it's built. I mean, those are the two derbies there. Yeah, Liverpool and yeah. N City. Two derbies that they quit on. Yeah, it's just like I know I'm going off the rail and I'm going extra, and I'm a clear cut City fan, and I can laugh at all this negativity. But when I tell you about culture, when I tell you about it, it took a, my manager to come out and call out the club and call out the other teammates for not picking up Rico Lewis when Tottenham were dogging him for a half, and it literally took an interview in which after the game, like think about that halftime speech. It literally like, took five minutes, and then we were out there ready back on the pitch, fast as fuck. And then we came out and went at it. We weren't defending Rico Lewis when he was getting bullied and Pep called us out on it, telling us that we were soft and shit. Certain things in a, in the right culture don't fucking vibe. And when you get little signs of it, it gets nipped in the butt. And what I'm seeing with this United club is just a continuum signs of just cracks, cracks everywhere. Ass cracks, like Anthony. 
bro. He's, he's awful. He's, he's awful. awful. Like, There's nothing I don't know he what does. You get. If you're not getting an outside of the box curler into the top right corner, you're not getting anything from him. That, that's literally all he can do. He doesn't do anything well. He, he maybe puts in a little work off the ball, off the ball, but that's not what you pay eighty-eight million for. And and I'm sorry, Garnacho's not ready. Bruno Fernandez did his once again disappearing in a big game thing. We gotta Does talk that about all this, the time. Man. Does that all the time. And Casemiro, yeah, he is being tactically fucked by Ten Hag because Mount and Fernandez aren't helping him at all. However, I was watching him a lot in that game. And he was moving like he just had a hip replacement. I mean, seriously, he was moving like his his legs were were sandbags. Like he couldn't he could not move properly. He yeah. looked old. He looked old. And I know he's being hung out to dry tactically, but I think both things can be true. And I think for him, they are they are true. Um, but yeah, Bruno. I mean, I just I, I can't stand him. And and for him to be the captain, if he was my captain, I I would be fuming. Because captains don't do the disappearing act we constantly see from him. Constantly. That's it. That's it. And I'm going to go, I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to take it a step further. When you wear the fucking badge for your club, when you wear the captain's fucking armband for your club, you have a certain level of decency and behavior to the, the mannerisms of Bruno Fernandes on the pitch, I'm sorry, are of a five-year-old stubborn child. He has yeah, the general demeanor of a rodent it truly is dude it's so troublesome for me to watch them and just think to myself like fucking hell how do bernardo and ruben and all these other guys with the portuguese side deal with this nincompoop like he's just a complete dick he's a complete he's he's asinine he just seems like he got a yellow for talking shit to the ref and he start and he literally slapped his badge. He slapped his captain's armband. It, like trying to say to the ref, like, hey, I'm the captain. I can talk to you like this. And he still got booked because it's just like, you know, they're harping down on certain shit. One of them is the time wasting, right? Tamiyasu yeah. with the yellow, uh, which I agree should have been on Kai. If you watch back and look at that, Kai was the one bringing those Chelsea demeanor, dark arts shit over to your mm-hmm. club. So I don't, I don't blame you, Arsenal, for nah. having to get that. Not they, on time. They were all kind of doing it though. I didn't, everyone, I didn't like it at all. Look, first off, everyone does it. All right, let's be clear. Yeah, but at fiftieth minute, I'm not off. a fan. I've never seen a double handoff. I've never seen a. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen. I'm gonna take it, gets it, yeah. and then gives it to somebody else. Motherfucker, what are you doing, Kai? They did that in the that box was, too. Yeah, that was some hoe ass shit, Kai. But again, that's that's Chelsea hoe shit. Uh, I, I I give that up, Bruno. It's it's just it's just little shit, man. That's just so fucking annoying. That it makes it so hard to root for him, and it makes it so easy to laugh at him when he gets a clear header where he's onside. Everyone's questioning, like he's got to be off with how open he is, and the man sends it to the fucking moon, and it, it's just it's laughable. It's laughable. Um. And another sign to that club, name that guy your captain. Uh, he's a good player on the right day, but I just think he's you'd rather play against him. He's a, he's a cla- case in point of being, yes, a quality player, but you truly, truly would rather play against him than play with him, regardless 100%. of the outcome. 100%. I agree. I agree. And, yeah, they need to they need to get in shape. You know, they have Nottingham Forest away this weekend. I don't think that's an easy game. 
I don't. I don't think <laughs> it's an easy game. About Nottingham Forest. <laughs> I, the, with the way they're playing, that could easily end a draw. Honestly. Oh, spot on. Spot on. They deserve yeah. it. Look what they did to Wolves two weeks ago. Or what Wolves did to them. Yeah. yeah, and then they're coming to the Emirates. So they need to get it together quick. They need to get it together quick. Um, if, if he's going to keep forcing this, this Mount Casemiro, Bruno midfield, it's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. But uh, on to Tottenham Hotspur. What did you think of their performance? Honestly, it, it's a good win for them. Let's not get that twisted. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, from what I see from them is they have a very good midfield and everything else is just questionable. I think the goalie had a good game, but I'm still, I still have no confidence in him. Romero, very rash with these new red card rules. You just know he's going to get a red this season and miss a few he, games. Yeah, he's another bitch. And then, you know, they were very susceptive in that first 30 minutes. They could have easily been two or three down. And, mm-hmm. you know, man, man, you just didn't finish their dinner. I think defensively, they're still going to be shaky. I expected man, you to take advantage of that. And they did not. They, they laid a fucking egg. But, you know, I think, like I said, midfield's very good. Basuma, balling. That, that SAR guy looks good. Bentoncourt is coming back. Madison's been playing good, even though he has an MCL sprain already. I told you, this guy is very injury prone. And um, left on a boot. And their forwards just stink. Like Kulu, he has not been good for a year now. Son, synonymous still. And Richarlison <laughs> is just as bad as fucking Anthony. I mean, yeah. I was literally watching him and laughing. He has no, no he's, he's really just aimlessly running around. He doesn't do anything well, anything. Yeah. He brings some energy. <laughs> but besides that, he's garbage. So I think I, if I'm a Spurs fan, they're so excited right now. But I would be worried because you know how Daniel Levy is. He's going to look at the situation and go, the fans are fired up. Why do I have to spend that 80 mil? They're loving this team. Sar is playing good. The youngin. You doggies playing good. Mm, I'll keep that money in my pocket. They need more players. They need more forwards. Manor Solomon is not going to get it done. Rich Arlison is no. not going to get it done. And really, if you look at all the goals they've scored this year, not one has come from a forward. First game, Romero header. Second game, Sar goal. The Butcher own goal. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> in these games where you're going to need goals, I'm not trusting that forward line at all. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I'm looking at this this squad here and and kind of you know the stats. What I'm impressed with from, from let's talk about the positives. Let me be a little positive here for them. I fucking hate this club though. I will admit they've they've patronized me in the fucking Champions League and all that shit. Fifty six possession, fifty six percent ball possession over United's forty four. Uh, over a hundred more passes completed. Um, better accuracy. Uh, more aggressive, had more fouls, uh, less yellow cards. You make that. You make sense of that, Howard Webb. Um, look, the squad. Um, I thought he doggy was raw, was a little bit raw still, a little roggy doggy. Um, <laughs> Ives Basuma, I like you. I like you a lot. I like it. Your timely fake shots, your movement, still got to clean it up a bit. And you also have a little bit of a fucking attitude. I do like the fact that you wear a full sleeve on one hand like you fucking play in the NBA. So that's kind of dope. Mm-hmm. You're like a like you're like a, like a creative player. Yeah, you're like AI with the sleeve. For that, I rate you. 
Um, Romero is just a shithead, man. And it's only a matter of time before he continues to get carded. Madison, you did say that, bro. You did say this man is injury prone. I mean, it shameful kind of sucks for him. Uh, it does suck. This whole, they, they, they're, they're offensively is where they really lack the creativity. And while I'm sitting here telling you Basuma's great and everything, he ain't it to bring this up moving forward. Sar had a great goal, but based on like movement, you know, where he was in the box, the ball had to come to him perfectly. It wasn't a clean, crisp situation. It just fell to him based on positioning. Again, credit to him. Um, Pedro Boro did have a shot on goal that looked should have been in um in the first half. So look, Big Ainge gets it. And good win for him taking care of a top club. That's I think that's a big moment for him. Um this is a good building moment for them. I cannot dispute that uh, because it's a good win. You can't take anything away from from three points in the Premier League, uh, especially against a, a shit United club. Yeah. And I'll rate it. But their 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 growing pains are coming soon because I don't think yeah. this is going to be sustainable. Um, yeah, I don't think so either. I think, and like I said, the worst thing to do is 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 be as excited as you are. Don't get me wrong; your team's playing well. You should back it. Yeah. But Daniel Levy is the type of guy to see that and use that against you. Oh, they're Cautious. excited. Why do I have to dip into the transfer market and spend? They definitely need to spend. They need another center back, and they need maybe one or two forwards minimum minimum and they're not going to do that business so my prediction for them is not really changing i don't really expect them maybe they can grab the sixth spot but i still like six to eighth i wouldn't be surprised if they finish outside those european places because yeah i just they have they still have a lot of young players and we saw we saw that that wolves midfield bop man united so um we'll see what happens with tottenham we'll see what happens with tottenham but it's a good it's a good win over a big six opponent so um, yeah, yeah, very good win, very very good win, and um, let's move on. Let's move on to another big six team that went to the London Stadium. West Ham three, Chelsea ten men. West Ham three. That's right. Chelsea. What'd you say about ten men? You win with ten men. Hell yeah. Yep. You lose. You lose with eleven men. Fuck no. Fuck no. Just a, just a hilarious, hilarious turn of events. I mean, it was it was like watching a comedy movie. It really was. It just kept getting better and better. It was like a script written by the Farley brothers. Just absolute comedy. Don't even know where to start, really. Um, but yeah, West Ham go to down, down 10 men and beat Chelsea. What do you have to say about this game? Well, let me just, this is, I think, the best starting point, okay? West Ham had three goals on 24% possession. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 24% ball possession. 20 fucking four. They were outpassed 227 to 716. They had seven, they had 12 shots compared to Chelsea's 17 shots. Brian, this is a team that doesn't know how to win in the Premier League. This is a team that is filled with, um, for all of the money that they are, uh, filled with just hellacious amount of inconsistencies all around. What is Ben Chilwell? 
other than the, if the answer is good player, fuck you. I don't. What position? Don't I, I'm not saying he's not a good player. What does he do? Well, what 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 would you say he does well? He gets he goes forward pretty well. Then he's a he winger. Yeah, he's he, he's a wingback. He's a wingback. It's a, he does not defend well. They need to completely transition no. this fuck. They need to completely transition this fuck. That is something that if I was a Chelsea fan right now, I'd be beating on. He's always played left back his whole life. Okay, well, I'm telling you right now, he's been a bad defender his whole life. This guy cannot do it. You know, I'm hearing a lot of Chelsea fans, and I'm gonna. This is a complete roast session for this fucking lot because with all the money spending, Brian, you go. I'm seeing they don't trust Diego Silva with a three back, dude. But but also for how long he's been in it, you kind of wonder he's been protected by this whole three back situation. So maybe that's just signs in itself to fucking let it go and move on. You have. Sterling, who for all intents and purposes might be the best deal City have done in a long, long time. Thank you, sir, for all the fucking. Sterling money. was good though on Sunday. The statement that you just made is one hundred percent accurate. But at this point in time, when you spend the money that you've spent on players that you've gotten, you cannot highlight one starter and say, "Well, Sterling was good for." That's like picking the best flower that's been picked out and been rotting there for four days. They're all bad. Yes, he looked better than most. He was still poor himself. I'm I'm telling you Sterling standards that I remember. He had good run-ins into the box, but Sterling couldn't finish it himself. Sterling didn't. Ha- Sterling puts himself in good opportunities and good positions, but he had horrible touches. This Nicholas Jackson guy, his first touch is god awful, god yeah. awful. His speed's all there, but he he's like a crash dummy. He's just gonna go and just run into something, and that's it. He just it's not all there. Gallagher, he, he Gallagher is a starting midfielder in a bottom ten. Premier League team, period, just period, period, like done, end of conversation, done. I, there's no reason why he needs to be continued to start for a club that has how much money spent? I'm looking at yeah. their lineup now. I mean, yeah, what I don't what I don't get is, is how have they spent all this money and they still don't have a, a, a reliable striker? I just I don't understand that. This has been the this has been the issue with Chelsea for for three four seasons. They do not have a striker, and to spend all this money, almost a billion dollars, and to not have that position figured out. Nico Jackson looks good in moments, but he is not going to be that finisher. He could no. not finish anything anything on Sunday, and that hurt him. And it's the same thing we've been asking Chelsea for years. You need a striker. You need a striker. And for them to spend all this money, all this money on midfielders and wingers from the Ukraine <laughs> and not have a striker, is, it's baffling. And it doesn't, it doesn't bode well for them because what – is the strategy to just get pick up young, young, young talent and hope they eventually gel together? Like is that the strategy? Because listen, you need Champions League this year. 
It's already been set. It's not, it's not me. You need it to justify all the money you spent and also to balance the books, to balance the books. It's been said by financial experts. It is a must. And this is a very competitive Premier League. You have Brighton balling out. You have Newcastle who's, who's going to make another Champions League run. Yeah, Liverpool is going to go for it again. I mean, this is very competitive. It's no guarantee. And you're bringing in young players who are not Premier League ready. Mudrick is so far off of it. So far off of it. And for all the money spent, they seem to want a lot of excuses. I'm sorry. You guys spent this money. You picked the, this UID, this talent, and you guys have to do something. You can't spend a billion dollars and not challenge for the title. I'm sorry. Or say, give us time. You're, you're you not a club. You can't do it. You can't do it. So to spend all this money on the midfield, 115 on Caicedo, 105 on Enzo, and to get beaten by Ward Prowse, <laughs> Suchek, Edson Alvarez, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I yeah. don't care if it's game two. I don't care. I mean, to spend all this money and to lose to a 10-men West Ham who struggled the whole season last year with relegation. I mean, it was a, it was a dreadful loss. The Caicedo cameo was hilarious. He was, he was awful. And I'm going to say it. You don't give young players these long contracts. Complacency sets in. Why do I have to work so hard? Why do I have to work so hard? I'm here for eight fucking years. I mean, it's it's this could really backfire on them. They better hope they get this right. And I'm going to say this. Pochettino has not been a good manager for four years. Mm. He hasn't. And the things mm. I saw in that game were baffling. Playing that lineup, baffling. Going down to 10 men and still having three center backs on the fucking, on the fucking pitch when you needed a goal. What the fuck was that? Those subs made no sense. No sense. So, <laughs> I'm yeah, looking at them. Like I said, yeah. you better get it right, Chelsea. He, they're, they're, they're so far off. They're so far off. Uh, I, I'm still, I'll offer anyone at Chelsea who's willing to listen. I'll give you eight million for Mark Cucurella right now. I'll give you eight million for Cucurella. You're not gonna fucking do shit with him. No, you, nobody's gonna want to. These eight year contracts. How are you gonna dump these players if they don't work out? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 well. And here's another thing. You said you need Champions League. I, I'm here to tell you right now. They're not going to get anywhere close to making any sort of profitability uh, anywhere to match what they've spent. I am telling you definitively right now there, it is impossible, impossible short of this club going undefeated, literally the whole way through and just making it a tremendous run and making themselves must see TV. It's not happening. It, there's no way this club can do anything about it. FFP wise, they're completely fucked, and you, I just I wonder. And I said it to you in a text message. This this has got to fall solely on the fact that Todd Bowley, and and also Pochettino because he signed up for it. But any manager that goes into it with seeing their plan and what they're trying to do, how could you be open to this under these circumstances without even at least having some foundational? Just say, Pocha has no say into any of this. It's all their scouting department. There's no, like, these players that were identified, there's no way he would have come in, whether he liked Gaiseido or not, 
come in and say, hey, by the way, guys, I don't want to go to Mo- go for Moises. I want to go somewhere else. He came in and they were like, hey, we're, by the way, we're really close to getting God's say, though. He doesn't have a say in that, any of that shit. But you know what he does have a fucking say in? The fact that you're out here trying to continue to save this Thiago Silva fucking career. The fact that you're out here trying to save, you know, Gallagher transfer market value by starting him every fucking week. Trying to get, uh, get. <laughs> Are we going to question Levi Colwell? Are we yeah. going to question the fact, is this guy good enough? This is the thing. You have a lot of inexperienced players. A lot. And, yeah, it's there's going to be some weekends like this weekend where it's going to be very, very ugly. It is. It is. And this weekend was ugly. Make no mistake. I don't care if it's week two. You have a prim, West, Ham. Prim, West Ham. You have a Premier League-ready manager. He's co- He's been in this league. He's managed in this league. So I don't want any excuses. I really don't. I really don't. And it was bad. It was bad for Chelsea. I thought it was a great win for West Ham. Like I said, to go down to 10 men, Antonio with a great strike. Um, great, great pen Welcome. from Paqueta. Um, good cameo from the new signing, Edson Alvarez. And Ward Prowse, two assists. Um, smart <laughs> signing from them, honestly. Um, he, he picks you up points and set pieces. He really does. So, um, yeah, good win. Good game, honestly. It was very, very entertaining. It was. It very much was to see the Chelsea downfall. Everyone who's a hater of this club or even a neutral, I think you want to see Chelsea suffer. Um, no <laughs> yeah. one should be able to be do- doing the things that they're doing. It's unheard of. This is coming from a fucking City fan. And it's not that I have – I truly believe there shouldn't be a cap. I, I truly believe anyone should be able to spend. I do believe in a deadline. I do believe in a window. I do believe in markets. You shouldn't be able – roster deadlines, right? I shouldn't be able to add fucking – uh, many to my roster right before the Champions League final. You know, I do believe in all that shit, but from a spending standpoint, have a ball with it. But if we're going to give scrutiny to other clubs, if other people uh, can't, you know, have certain types of uh, uh, situations come about, um, if we can't look at it with an open eye and see, we don't even know what the fuck FFP is. The funny thing about it is what we do know is you have to have X amount of spending, X amount of earnings, uh, report all this shit. And what we do know is for all the shit that's been going on with other clubs and the shit that they're doing, we definitively know that Chelsea are just saying, man, fuck those rules. And that's the part that's just hilarious. That's the part that gets everybody riled up because you are truly saying, fuck it. We're just doing our thing and penalize us. So what? We don't care. And there's a big difference in certain penalties that you have to do. Certain penalties are considered more, you know, of greater scale, which will result in, you know, point deduction and those types of things. And Mm -hmm. he's openly coming to that line and teetering on it. You know, reporting some of these things when it comes to that sponsorship deal situation on the shirt sponsor, reporting some of these deals that kind of comes up um, with uh, the accounts for the previous owner and Abramovich. So a lot of things are happening on the back scenes of the, on the back ends of this club, but it's all, we should be looking at it with a very very skeptical skeptical eye because I think we all know the validity of how just obviously. It's complete bullshit. So, yeah, fuck them. I hope they lose every game. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Let's breeze through these other games quickly, and then we'll end with the Liverpool game. Um, Mm -hmm. Brighton winning again. 
nice little victory for them, 4-1. They're sitting at the top of the table, had some good goal differentials. It was against Wolves, probably a relegation side, and their first game was against Luton. So, But it's a great start for Brighton. They are they're continuing to look good, selling big players and keep on keeping on. Very, very impressive from them. Um, do you Five think marks. do you yeah, Premier League Premier League boss. Um, yeah. do you think they can push for like a top four type finish? If I'm Brighton, I'm trying to convince myself why I can with Danny Welbeck starting at striker. <laughs> and and by the way, a guy who I wanted to be added to my squad, but I also was very, very close to picking him as uh, Young Player of the Year, Julio Encicio. I think that kid's a fucking stud. Paraguayan, amazing. Matoma with a beautiful play. Estupanon is literally a left back of my dreams. Um, and I'm not even joking. I've dreamt about Purvis Estupanon. He's fucking yeah. incredible. Um, I love everything about his game. I... I I I just I, I'm sorry he just reads the game. I think we at the end of his career we're going to be comparing him to Marcelo and I'm not even joking. I think this man is just so fucking good. How old is so he? Good. He's like 21, man. No, holy shit. He's 25. Dang. Um, still, still young but not like too too young. No, yeah. I'm a little hurt by that. I was hoping to think he was a little <laughs> bit younger. He's 25. Um, but, yeah, you know, this Brighton team is good. Uh, the tests are going to come. What we know is that they won't do a Newcastle at the Etihad, right? We know they're going to play their game and go at folks and try to, and try to get things done. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I think top four is the question. Yeah, I think they should be pushing it. Like I said, uh, I, I, I find it hard to convince myself we can't. On the bench – Mohamed Dahoud, I happen to love. I'm from yeah. Queens. I don't know if he's from the part of yeah, the Yeah, he looks good. That, that, that dude, they, they just find these guys out of nowhere. And For free? And Matoma was a, was a boss. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, just very, very impressive team in general. Ferguson looks good. Just Who they're going to sell in a, in a year or two at a large yeah. amount of money. Yeah, they're going to make – in a year or two, they're going to make another $100 million off Ferguson, another $100 million off Matoma. Estupian will probably go for about 40, 50, 60 in that range. I mean, I would give him Cucurella money right now, and I'm not even bullshitting. If Cucurella goes for 60, I would match the 60 right now for purpose. Yeah. Not even quote a question. I'm, 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 I'm just in love with that dude's game, man. I watch his highlights all the fucking time. I, go, I will go out of my way to watch Brighton just for him. And also knowing because I'm getting a Matoma flash in, but I don't think that's real anymore with transfers. Maybe next summer we can come back and look at it, but. Yeah, I think uh, – and then, my, again, my, my my guy I was talking about coming into the year, Jao Pedro, I, mean, I just – I loved yeah. his little cameo. I really do rate this team, man. I think top four could be a thing for them. Really – and we'll see it by the end of the window. Should they pull off a Kudis? I need a Kudis update. Give me a Muhammad yeah. Kudis update, bro. That seems like it's going to happen like last day of the window type thing. Yeah, um, you think? Yeah. <laughs> he's flirting with hella people right now, bro. Yeah. No, he's flirting with a lot. I, I don't know if he's going to Brighton. It's it seems like the the hang up there was that he wanted a release clause in that contract, which, you know, makes sense because Brighton is tough negotiators. They're you know, they could possibly block your move if the club you want. So um doesn't want to pay the 
extraordinary asking price that Brighton demands. So yep. it's smart for a young player to do that, especially because, you know, Brighton is a stepping stone until they start competing year in, year out for titles. Players are not going to go there to end their career or try to win trophies. It's a stepping stone club right now. That's just what they are. But yeah, impressive stuff from them. Very, very impressive stuff. Um, let me pull up the rest of the scores. But we had a win from um, Brentford, 3-0 on the road against Fulham. Very, very good win for them. Uh, Wissa looking good. And Buemo looking good. Not missing Ivan Tony at all. I think this Fulham team is, is, a, is a relegation candidate. I really do. I think, I think one like of it. us should have had them in there. But, yeah, it's going to be a tough season for them. And luckily, we have them coming up. So I'm expecting a good performance from them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was another result this weekend. We had Nottingham Forest. That was the Friday game. Get a 2-1 win on Wani, who I wanted to pick in as a goal scorer. Scores within three minutes. Nottingham yeah. Forest get a uh, – um, Sheffield United get a wonder goal back, and then Chris Wood with a hender at the end of the game to seal it. Nice win for Nottingham Forest. You know, this is a team that last year started off really, really rough. They brought in all these mercenaries. And then they really started to hit form in the second half. They were consistently good at home. And like I said, they're playing at home this weekend against United. I think if United fans think um, we're going to Nottingham Forest, we're having our little comeback game, uh, I think they'll be surprised. I really do. I think this is a good team. Good, good team. And um, I agree. Yeah. What do you think about Nottingham Forest? Uh, younger players, talent. I really rate Towel. I really rate. I mean, he's just got a good body. He's just got a good yeah. frame. You know, he got a great header within three minutes, perfect body placement, timed it because the guy uh, defender in front of him jumped, leaped ahead. So he had a weird angle and the ball came to him uh, from a timing perspective to get it right. I, I love the goal. Uh, I'm impressed with a little bit with Forrest. I think they can, you know, give it a puncher's chance. You know, we'll see how they finish. Uh, 14th. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Now I think I think they'd be one of those teams, kind of like Palace, where they have good fo- home form. They'll be tough yeah. to go there. They'll pick up some wins against the big six. Maybe this yeah. weekend. Maybe this weekend. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, Villa four zero. They get a nice little bounce back win from their slapping at St yeah. James. And then we'll end really quickly with this Liverpool game, three one. Mm. At they played Burnmouth at Anfield. Very, very rough start. They go down 1-0. First 20 yeah. minutes were rocky. And then they bounce back. Salah gets a penalty. Luis, Luis Diaz with a great finish. He continues to impress. That dude is very, very good. And um, let's end it with this because they win the game 3-0. McAllister gets a red card that was rescinded today. Did you see that? So he will be available for the Newcastle game this weekend, which is very big because – Going there with a with a weakened midfield, no McAllister would have been would have been problems. That's a tough, tough midfield in Newcastle, and you're playing that game on the road. But mm. let's just take this moment to really hammer the the, the PGMOL for once again failing at their job. Yep. They had so many problems last year. Lee Mason fired, then Lee Mason rehired this season. And if you didn't know, if you didn't know. Back. He's back. And their solution, instead of hiring more competent people, training these people, their solution now is to be harsher with red cards, to be harsher at people that argue shitty calls because they're shitty refs. It's just, it's so short-sighted. It's so ridiculous. Um, 
Yeah, it's just really, really annoying. They're, these guys are like politicians. They never fix the problems. They just push the problems down the road by implementing new rules that really hurt the game. I mean, really, they do. Five red cards this weekend. Five. That's absolutely ridiculous. And honestly, three of them didn't deserve to be red cards. So once again, you're implementing rules that you don't have competent enough referees to carry out. It's just honestly ridiculous. It never gets fixed. It always just gets worse and worse. Yeah, it's it's really hard to disagree with you. And and there's there's not a level of consistency all throughout the games. There seems to be uh, an agenda going into each game individually, depending on the matchup. It's almost like they try to do analytics of teams and going into it, they say, we know Newcastle are physical. They're physical, so we're going to try to slow them down and, and be careful. We're going to card immediately. Uh, Arsenal are fast. Really love to make sure the game gets going and keep with the pace. We're going to let them be able to do that. But uh, the moment that they try to go ahead and and, and get physical on on wingers or in the in the midfield because we know Partey is aggressive, we're going to card them. It's like they go into it with certain preconceived plans conforming to the game and the situation. Uh, I. I, I cannot fucking stand Arsenal, but for anyone to argue that that second yellow uh, was was deserved on Tommy was just absurd. It's fucking crazy. And you get a red card rescinded. It doesn't affect this game, but like any naysayer right now, and rightfully so, it will affect a game this year. We know. 100%. We know that a game from a big six club, at least, will get affected in a negative way for someone. It's just going to happen. And I don't know, Brian, maybe we're going to get a call. Maybe you're going to get a call from Howard Webb, Webb tomorrow. Does it seem like it took a day and then yeah. we got, and Liverpool got a call. You guys played on Monday. So if I'm Miguel and I'm Edu, I'm sitting at my desk. It's time. Yeah. Where's my call? Where's my apology, you little fucks? Tommy's playing next week if you want because it should be absurd. He, I didn't even know if he touched them from a certain angle. I didn't even know if he touched them. That's how obvious it was, man. Yeah, these refs are disgraceful. Uh, McAllister's uh, red was definitely not deserved. So we'll see, though. We will see how things end up this weekend because you can't have those types of situations with refs on a big Sunday highlighted game, you know? Liverpool, Liverpool, Newcastle. That's going to yeah. be a big one. And big they resend the red, but if this was a closer game, it could have affected the the the, the product on Saturday. So it's of just course. fucking stupid. It's just fucking stupid. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. coming out now that Mason Mount has an injury, um, and he's going to miss the next two games, so he won't be playing against Arsenal. That might be a bad thing. <laughs> I was going to say that's literally might be a bad thing for Arsenal. Yeah, like they might, I, they might look better in the midfield, more competent. So yeah, um, we will yeah. see. But I think this is a good note to end on. We'll be back Thursday for our prediction for the weekend. We have another fun weekend in the in the Premier League. So we'll be back on Thursday. Anything else? Jeremy Doku, welcome to Manchester City. I'm looking forward to watching you play. I'm looking forward to breaking down some of your highlights and seeing what you can contribute to this squad. My expectations are that you get acclimated as soon as fucking possible, my dear friend, because we do not have the time or the manpower at this point to be comfortable. I want you to get in so well that I want 
10 minutes on the pitch with us this upcoming weekend, Jeremy. Jeremy, Doku, don't call me Goku. I'm stoked for you. Welcome to Man City, bro. That's PPT Podcast, episode 71. We're out. Peace. Peace.